gosh, I, I forgot I even had that in my pack. That's the craziest part, man. I, if Joe flicked my ear, I'd probably conk him in the forehead. What's going on, everybody? Back in action here in the podcast, we have two of our close friends and family, apparently. Isaac is cousins with Aaron, <laughs> Isaac Aleman, and Bill from Iron Will Outfitters. Uh, you yes. guys, good to be back. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bill, speaking of the mic. <laughs> uh, can you hear me now? You got it now. All right, oh, yeah, we're Bill. good. Yeah, right. talk into the mic, Bill, or, I, or Aaron will smack you, okay? <laughs> Isaac. I've only smacked you, Bill. I never smacked, or I know I only smacked you, Isaac. So, uh, we've all been super busy. Bill came down. We, all, I, I, I will say ahead of time, we're on about an hour uh, time constraint, so we're gonna try and knock this out. Uh, these guys just went on a well. We've all been hunting a bunch, but recently went on a crazy caribou hunt in Alaska. I uh, was shooting something else. What was I shooting? Anyway, Ante- I was doing antelope and deer. Antelope. Oh yeah, I even shot a buffalo. Bison, by the way, not a buffalo. Tonka. Uh, I don't know if you ever realized this, but uh, if you call a javelina a pig or you call a bison a buffalo, you will be inundated with messages that you're wrong. <laughs> well, the internet's always right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you guys, it looks like you had a crazy trip. David and uh, J- uh, Jerry Shaw did an amazing job on the video. So what, uh, what's going on before we start about the hunt? Anything going on exciting for you, Bill? Uh, man, I'm in a break between hunts right now. I had the Alaska caribou hunt and then elk hunts in Wyoming, Colorado, and then had to do some work for a few weeks. And then I'm, I'm off to hunt. Well, I did go, I guess I had to go to Texas for the deer opener, shot a big whitetail down there. So that was, uh, that was great. My biggest whitetail ever, actually. And then uh, working for a couple of weeks, and then I'm heading to the Midwest to whitetail hunt Indiana and Wisconsin. And then I come back to, Colorado for a mule deer hunt. So, gotcha. Isaac, anything exciting for you? Damn, my life's pretty boring compared to Bill's. So, <laughs> hey, man, thank, thank God for Alaska because I tagged out there because since then I've hunted Utah, Colorado, and Kentucky and ate my tag so far. So, How no luck for me. Do I'm you, just a real bad hunter. <laughs> you prefer, like, uh, do you prefer the, t- the, the title hunter or gatherer? <laughs> Is that I in prefer, your heritage I, I, to be a gatherer, or is that just like a local family thing? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Because I mean, we do. We are from the Aztecs, so we did gather a bunch of people and sacrifice them. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's in like my twenty-one and me somewhere. So yeah. Would so, you yeah, like me to mail you some me. meat? I can send you a cooler of meat no. if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. But all the guys at Black Rifle Coffee have tagged out. And we got plenty of meat over there. Uh. Yeah, so I have good. so many comments. But, I, but I've been saying tag soup. <laughs> yeah. Anything else coming up? Just uh, the extended Wasatch Front that I'm, and then I have a cow tag that I think I'm hoping Frank will bring his gun and guide me on it and help pack it out. Because apparently, Bill, I don't know how to pack stuff out because I'm weak. Is that correct? <laughs> I think fat was the term Frank used. I don't what? think he said weak. <laughs> so if I said fat, it was with a pH. My recollection of that pack out was, uh, no, Isaac did pretty good. Um, David was the one I thought was maybe going to die, but he had a long day of uh, hiking, filming me that morning. We had, you know, eight miles of tundra walking. And then um, he packed out the, the head and cape. And, and I can tell you from, from the year before packing out my bowl that with the antler shape there and the way they hang way off your back, there's a lot of there's a lot of back, lower back pressure on that, and it's, it's hard to move very quick. So, and plus, he was sick as a dog. Um, you got to go tines down, so, man. Tines down is the only yeah. way. So I think <laughs> I said, yeah, David might have died if Frank didn't come back and, and pack him out. But no, Isaac did, did good on that pack out. Good job, <laughs> Isaac. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, you hear that? Last podcast made it sound like I was a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so. I didn't say that, though. Who did? You, oh, Aaron Snyder. <laughs> did I? Are you sure it was me? What did yeah, I say? Yeah, go back and listen to that podcast. I can't remember. I think, well, I think they, the, but while we were doing the podcast there, Aaron, you were kind of on your phone surfing, so. I'm me. doing that now. I'm, <laughs> I'm a good exactly. multitasker. Come on, Frank. 
I think we gave uh, Isaac a 3 out of 10. Isaac and Dave a 3 out of 10 on fitness ratings. Yes, that's what it was. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know, if we, I don't know if we directly said fat. Ask, ask Bill. Ask Bill if that's a fair assessment for me. They ask Bill. Bill's holding up two fingers. <laughs> uh, <I'm> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's saying peace or you're a two. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did not witness... I did not witness Isaac struggle too badly, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, Thank you, Bill. Keep, keep in mind, at one time I said something about higher altitude than Colorado to Isaac several years ago. And he had to come back with like all the altitudes and the Wasatch and you don't know what you're talking about and on and on and on. So, any, you know, I, I, Isaac, I'm assuming you haven't been training at high altitude. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how did uh, I? You know, obviously I saw the video, but um, Bill, you've been there. Uh, Frank, Isaac, David, we can't talk to because he's actually working. Was it what you guys thought it would be? Was it different? Like what when you were, when you showed up? Was it like holy shit? I mean, what were you guys thinking? Well, I <clears throat> we I landed mean, we, we landed on me. a gravel hill, so we thought it was like super easy to walk around, and then when we actually went on stocks, I think we. Our minds were changed about walking on the tundra. Uh, it is pretty slow going. Must gig suck. Yeah, for me, it was, it was a repeat trip. So, you know, last year, um, last year I went, just three of us bow hunted. I shot a bull on my first stock the first day we could hunt. Um, you know, it was, it was a two-mile stock. I just kept on this bull, but finally in the end, he actually bedded on a hillside, and I had a, a clean shot, good weather. Um, I had a long shot, but know killed one on my first day of hunting first stock so i was i was pretty confident probably overconfident i could get it done at any time more or less and i wanted to get more days hunting um you know i just after i mean i loved being up there the prior year but we were only there three days of hunting and three of us shot nice bulls with bows um and then we got out of there because of all the bear you know encounters and we wanted to we were trying not to lose the meat. So <clears throat> I just felt like I didn't spend enough time um, or as much time as I wanted to. And uh, so this year, I didn't really tell the guys this, but I had, I had no intention of shooting anything, at least the first, you know, five, six days. I really wanted to spend more time, you know, have more of an adventure there, um, learn more about caribou behavior, get on more stocks, um, and, you know, spend a, I was hoping to spend 10 days hunting and get one, you know, towards the end of the trip. Um, that's that was really kind of my goal, and I got most of that goal. I mean, I spent I think nine days hunting hard and lots of stocks, um, but I didn't kill one at the end of the trip. I've got uh, you know I learned I learned a lot about their behavior, they, how they act differently than what I was expecting, and you know we can go into some of the details there. But um, you know, it, it was great. I love it up there. You know, looking at the film, I'm thinking like, man, why do I have a goofy smile on my face all the time? <laughs> It's because I, I just loved being there. Even though the weather was kind of crappy, it's just a really cool, cool place. Isaac? Was it everything you hoped I got it would there, be? I, everything and more. I mean, I've never been, like I said before, I've never been that, you know, that long away from my family and still you know, somewhere you know, that far in. So I was wondering how I was going to do, if I was going to, you know, get, you know, get homesick, you know, things like that. It was so cool because it was like, like Frank said before, time doesn't exist and you're just up there. And I mean, look at the people I'm up there with. I mean, they're all friends. I mean, they're all great people. So it was just a good time. The, the weather was bad, but it was still, it was fun. I mean, I look back and I watched the video and I'm just, you know, I mean, it just takes me back. I mean, I want, I want to go back. Basically. <laughs> I'd love to go back every year to do that hunt. That'd be one hunt I would do all the time. It was so much fun. Maybe we need to talk to Evan about that. <laughs> we definitely do. I think I could guilt because him into it, it. I mean, well, it's that hunt, though. If you look at that hunt over there, I mean, you know, any of the Black Rifle Coffee guys, guys that want to have those adventures, you know, or anyone in general, that's the hunt they, they, they go do. I mean, that's the Alaska hunt. Because if you look at some of the elk hunts around here, I mean, you're paying eight, ten grand for an elk hunt. You go do that. I mean, God, what was that hunt? Said, I mean, how much did it cost to fly in again, Bill? I think it was 4500 for the flight service. 
<clears throat> yeah, and it's you know it's an unguided hunt, but um, you know Brian up there, Ram Aviation, he he flies every day, knows where the caribou are at. Um, he's got a little cub plane where he can go, kind of ex- be exploring and figure out new places to land to get you relatively close to the caribou. Um, so you know it's it's pretty good chance that you're going to be near the caribou, but you know it's it's unguided from there. And so yeah, I think the flight service is like 4,500. Um, the flight, my flights up there and back were around eight or nine hundred, and um, you know, I'm Kafaru, you guys all flew first class, so that was probably I don't know ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't remember the, the the cost of flight, but it ended up working out because we could check two bags, which um, you know, you have your your weapon, your bow, or your your rifle, and then we were checking um, our backpacks, and then we had to carry on in a personal bag. It kind of evened out a little bit, maybe, um, but yeah, I'd say all said and done, um, it is something that maybe you know your everyday person could do once every few years if you budget your money right. But I'd say it's probably between six and seven thousand dollars a person. Probably would be realistic. Maybe, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But um, you know, it, it is one of those hunts that's not like crazy, crazy expensive, and you get a pretty good adventure out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, I mean, it's real wilderness up there. I, when I first, my first flight in there um, last year, you know, it was, we were 160 miles, you know, north of Kotzebue, which is just kind of a little hunting fishing village right on the coast there. And that 160 mile flight, you know, it was about an hour in. Um, man, you didn't see anything on the way there. There was, there was no, I mean, other than like in the first couple of miles, you might have saw a little shack or something, but you really knew like, okay, this is like real wilderness. We're up in the Brooks Range, southern part of it. There, there's nothing near, anywhere nearby. And, and if there's bad weather, yeah, you're just stuck there. You don't, you're never going to walk out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave me a perspective that, I mean, I hunt wilderness areas a lot in Colorado, but I mean, to be honest, I could hike out of any of them in a day if you had to. Um, and, and that's just totally different than up there where, Man, you might be stuck in for weather for three, four days without food. And, you know, we almost were at the end of the trip. <laughs> but, uh, and a lot of guys were that I talked to when we got back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really different. I mean, there's, there's caribou, um, grizzly bears, wolverines, you know, Arctic fox. The guys saw some muskox. Um, polar bears. There's wolves. The guys saw polar bears up there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a wild place. It's, it's pretty incredible. So, uh, what were some of the the things that you you came away with as far as a bow hunting perspective? Because basically, it was Dave and I with rifles, you and Isaac with archery equipment. But Isaac uh, lacks discipline, so you know, he gave up. The, he gave. <laughs> oh that. hell yeah! I, 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 we, I ditched Bill first chance I had. I was like, okay, because that's why he watched the video. Bill's not a lot of the video because he was actually out hunting as we were out <laughs> defending grizzly bears and uh, making coffee and selling jokes so <laughs> i have i left i even hey i even turned to bill i go bill would you think less of me if i shot my caribou with a rifle <laughs> <laughs> and i said isaac i knew a couple of days ago you're gonna use a rifle already so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just <clears throat> and i i mean it's i could tell you were super excited to get a caribou and um and then when there's a rifle sitting there and there's a giant bull out there a few hundred yards <laughs> it's it's a hard thing to pass up um i understand you know, to me, it's just, um, you know, I used to be a rifle hunter, haven't rifle hunted in, I don't know, 12 years or more. And uh, to me, I just want to get everything with a bow. I just enjoy the challenge, whether I get one or not. And I'm fine with not getting one. Um, that's what it comes down to. And I mean, I've been, I've been very successful the last couple of years getting, you know, lots, um, you know, basically filling all my tags and out west big game animals with the bow on, on difficult low percentage hunts. So, um, you know, my confidence was high. I shoot about every day with broadheads at long range. I just felt like, I mean, I was going to get it done up there. I really wasn't too worried about, um, having to work hard at it. And, but anyway, so yeah, a few of the things I learned, you know, one is that, you know, all caribou aren't like, aren't curious and aren't going to let you get close. Um, whereas last year, this bull that I was stalking on, it was a pretty big bowl. I mean, it had big, big tops. Um, I mean, it's a nice bowl. 
you can look back to like Instagram last year and, and post on the three bowls we got with bows, and they're all they're all nice bowls. But I feel like they were um, a bit younger than than these giants I was seeing on this trip and trying to go after, and and they're a bit different. Um, the big old bowls really didn't put up with anything. If they, you know, that that bowl that I stalked on last year. Some of the time it was pretty open and I was just crawling, just staying low. And I feel like he kind of saw me, but wasn't too concerned and, and let me move into that, you know, within 200 yards and not get too excited. And then he'd maybe move off a bit and, you know, I could stick with him. But the bigger, older bulls were a lot more likely to see something from 300 yards away they didn't like and just get the hell out of there. Um, so that was a surprise. Um, you know, one one thing that I kind of knew from last year is they like to move all the time. It's hard to stop them, and if you're if they're feeding, it seems like they're moving slow, but they're covering some ground. Um, you know, there's another stock I went on where I kind of intercepted this group of of twenty or so caribou. Um, it was pretty open country, but where I got to this place where it was like a little bit of a, of a ditch where there's a little bit higher grass um, to where as they fed across it, they were about 200 yards out. I dropped my pack and crawled up that thing thinking at the rate they're feeding, I thought I'd, I'd be able to catch up to them and get a shot. Um, even though it looked like they were feeding really slow, they were feeding faster than I could crawl, you know, <laughs> it, it as fast as I could crawl, you know. And I dropped my pack there and I actually didn't get back to my pack for like three hours because I, I went after them for two miles. When they crested that hill, um, you know, I got up and was, was walking. Luckily, I kept my boots on for that stock, but um, I left my pack and I, even though they were just feeding, they feed about as quick as, as I can walk through that tundra. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to wait till they crested a hill so I was out of sight and then I'd you know, move as fast as I can up to them. So that was like straight north of our camp where there's, there's some mountains about three miles north of us. Um, I basically followed them all the way to the mountains. Um, you know, by the end of that, I was, I was sucking water out of the tundra puddles and eating blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I got to, you know, on that stock, I got to these kind of r- gravelly ridge tops. And that's another thing I learned is <clears throat> you almost need to hunt the terrain. Like, don't just go after any caribou. If they're out in the open, flat tundra areas, you know, unless it's a younger bull that's might be young and dumb and curious, um, it's probably not worth your time. And I did a lot of those stalks where, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to stalk on a bull and I was going off one after another. And, and, you know, some of those were just kind of a waste of energy, honestly. But so the stock that, um, I was talking about, I got up to these gravel ridges and that's a perfect place to hunt them because there's a little bit of terrain there. There's, you know, they're over the hill feeding so I could get on those gravel ridge tops and really cover some ground quickly, loop around in front of them for an ambush. And I actually did that three times to where I'd loop around in front, come, come in and kind of ambush as they were going by. But they were always in that 60 to 80 yard range and moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really want to, um, at that range, I didn't really want to make a noise, you know, and stop them, which often doesn't work anyways, I've learned. <laughs> um, I didn't want to alert them that I was there and have them run off and I, or have them looking at me as I shot really. Um, and so anyway, a few times I got to where it was in bow range and I'd range, draw back, just thinking like one of you stop. Cause it was like. Let's say there's eight or nine bulls, and the first three were big bulls, and I would have shot, been happy shooting any of those. And um, you know, I draw back, um, just thinking they're going to stop along feeding, and they just never stop. They keep going. I'd let down range again, draw, let down range again, draw, and they were kind of gone. I loop around ahead and do it again. Um, I never actually got a shot on those, and but you know, that's one where I'd say. <clears throat> You know, a lot of times if they're just feeding through the tundra, the grass, um, they're covering ground. Um, I do think that ambush technique is pretty good. Loop around in front of them. Um, it's pretty hard to catch them from behind mm-hmm. when they're moving that fast. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't archery hunting, but when people have asked me, uh, 
sense the hunt, like, would you archery hunt him or do you think it can be done with a bow? And we basically, we tell him, you know, last year Bill killed and two other guys killed within a couple of days, but I really think it came down to the terrain. So a lot of the places where we were at was super flat and you could see forever. And there wasn't a whole lot to hide behind, but I think you're exactly right. Hunting the terrain more than the animal is super important, especially with, it kind of reminded me of uh, antelope archery hunting. More so the terrain matters than the action. Antelopus. Yeah, it's, they're an interesting animal. It's kind of, there's some things where they're like elk in, in the herds and the way they act. And there's some, some ways they're like mule deer and some ways they're kind of like an antelope in the terrain. Um, and, and I would say, yeah, definitely hunt the terrain and try and get, lo- if you're going to archery hunt, try and get located in a place with good terrain too. I would say one difference, last, last year we were at maybe 20, 30 miles east, but we we're in the foothills too. I would say that um, this area was just a little bit bigger and more open. It made it more difficult. The other place, the terrain was just a bit tighter. The hills, um, it was kind of similar in that there was kind of some rolling hills, mountains around it, a couple of creeks, um, but it was just all a little bit smaller terrain to where you come over a hill and the bull would be closer. It wouldn't be 200 yards out on a flat. Um, so definitely hunt the terrain. If one thing I would do if I did it again, there was mountains four miles north and probably about four miles um, east from us, and I made it to both of those and had some stalks in them. But I didn't really want to shoot one, and those mountains are over it. Um, I thought you guys might might just shoot me and leave me out there if I shot one that far <laughs> away. Uh, Isaac and David probably would have. Frank would have helped. <laughs> Sorry, Isaac. <laughs> 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 But, but yeah, I would definitely hunt the terrain a bit more if I went back. I think, Frank, before you guys had left, um, the, the question had kind of risen like, hey, you know, about me going because I, I had other hunts and I'm like, man, I, it's tough with a, a stick. I had done that hunt many uh, years ago. And uh, I'm not saying you can't do it with a, a recurve. You certainly could. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say that it would probably be luck would be a factor as much as skill because no matter how much skill you have unless they're traveling in an exactly like you said hunting the terrain they're, they're going to have to be in in the terrain and to be sub 40 you know it's going to be it's doable but it's going to be um difficult uh the one thing i have found is people tend to push their maximum effective range uh you guys did not but some some archers will um potentially start flinging on day four because you can get 150 from them um, relatively easy, at least when I was there. Would you say that's true? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got, oh, yeah. I got to 100 a lot on, on poles, you know, even that 80 to 100. It's just on those days, the, the weather would not allow a long shot. And I think some people, and I'm only saying this to be cognizant of this, some people probably still might try and take that windy shot. You got to have discipline. So, um, you know, in Alaska, obviously, you know, you, you, you hit one and you, you wound it and a bear gets on it, uh, that, that animal is yours. Um, and they are very diligent about flying around um, and checking. I don't know if you guys had any of that happening, but, but they're there. Their big brother is watching. Um, so you really want to stay as disciplined as you can on shots because uh, it can be very windy at times. Did you guys have some bad wind, I'm sure? Oh, we had we had some good wins. <laughs> yeah, which, which brings me to my next stock to tell you about. <laughs> so I had some shots on this trip, and, and really the, well, the weather was a problem on one of them. This one stock, and it was really after, I, it was right after Isaac shot his, um, his big bull that you can see in the film. Um, while he was hacking away at it. And, uh, <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> we, we did a podcast for you, by the way, Isaac. But go ahead. Yeah, I took some. I took some video of of Isaac. Um, you know, trying to kind of cape that using one of my new K two knives, and I just had to delete all that video. So t- <laughs> <laughs> How not to use it? Like, why you just why you just hack on that piece of hide there? Isaac? <laughs> I had to give you a little hard time there, buddy. Um, <clears throat> That's okay. <laughs> So we're, um, Isaac's, uh, finally butchering his bull and we see some, I see some bulls out in the, off in the hills 
And they're, I see them coming down through this kind of creek bottom where there's brushy draw going up to it. I'm like, man, that looks like a good place for a stock. Um, so you guys are like, go for it. So I head out, um, go up this little creek that had these, I think they're alder bushes, but they're some bushes that were, you know, three to five feet high so I could cover some ground quickly, stay out of sight. The caribou were down through the bottom and then up, up the side and then right on this um, kind of kind of hilltop or ridge and bed it down by the time I got, you know, up the creek towards them. And they were, you know, they were probably 150 yards away, um, bedded down with cows in between me and the big bulls. But there was probably eight bulls with a couple of really nice ones, a big silver um, bull and then a big, you know, chocolate brown bull. Um, you know, I, I kind of waited it out until I was about frozen. And then the cows and small bulls actually got up and walked over the hill and left these two bulls right up over the hilltop where I, all I could see was their antlers and I couldn't see their eyeballs. It was perfect for a stock. Um, the only problem there was there was, it was just sideways rain at that time. It was a wind and a, a light rain. Um, anyways, I, I went on foot for a ways and then I crawled up um, through the kind of the wet tundra. I got within 50 yards um, and I just went and kind of ranged the antlers and then a smaller bull stood up and then uh, you know I went from crawling to popped up onto my knees. I knew the range, the big bull stood up and they start, they start feeding in there like heads down. I could see the whole body is, I mean, perfect. And they're 55 yards away. The only bad thing is I know there was a pretty serious crosswind and you know, I live in the foothills and I shoot in the crosswind a lot. And I kind of felt like from the wind that was on me, I was going to drift about a foot at 50 yards or so. So I aimed a foot to the right, um, let her fly. It, you know, they weren't looking at me. They didn't move at all. That arrow's head right for the ball. And when it gets near that ridge top, the, the arrow just blew back like five feet. I mean, it went behind <laughs> his, his ass by a, at least a foot. And when I got up to that ridge top, I realized why. It, the wind was just howling over that ridge top. And with that rain, it just, even though I was shooting micro diameter to kind of minimize, you know, which should kind of minimize wind drift. Um, you just can't shoot in that, that high crosswind. I didn't realize it was that high because where I was at, it wasn't. But up towards the ridgetop, it was. So, you know, that was clean miss. That was a great opportunity if I just had a little better weather mm -hmm. on that one. Um, and I had quite or a few stops. Or you had expandable. Now the party's getting started. Bam, get <laughs> yeah, I mean, expandable would have had like, Maybe 5% less wind drift, you know, 10%. If you look at this total surface area um, on an arrow and the veins and the broadhead, um, oh, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> if, you, if you knew anything about anything, Isaac. Hey, Isaac, what kind of broadhead did you use? <laughs> I had iron wheels. <laughs> no, when you killed no, yours, what, what broadhead was that on your, when, on your, when you killed your caribou? Hornaday, uh, Hornaday, uh, <laughs> partition. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, then that new Hornaday, yeah, <laughs> got a lot of FOC, pretty damn good. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, finish up. Um, yeah, so I think I got to tell the bear stock story. Um, from my from my point of view, you guys saw it on the <laughs> film, but that was a that was an exciting experience there. You know, I um. You know what we did? I, I spotted some bulls actually the night before, three, four miles off. Next morning, I got up early and went and, and um, classed over there. And I don't know if it was the same group or not, but sure enough, there's a group of big bulls over there. We came up with a plan to cut them off on this gravel ridge and you know, we intercepted them just right. The plan there was, and we were about 400 yards out when we saw them kind of drop into a ravine with pretty good, pretty good terrain. So, yeah, the plan there was I was going to stalk in with my bow. Frank set up about, about 400 yards, maybe 450 yards back with the rifle in case I, the stock got blown. He was going to shoot there and drop my pack, start stalking with my bow. Um, about halfway there, there was this little knob. And so as I'm stalking in, there's this little knob in front of me that I get behind. And to my left is kind of the hilltop. It's, it's sloping down. 
down to me and the caribou just came up over that. There's some caribou up on top there, but the big bulls are kind of down this ravine in front of me, maybe 200 yards out. And I get to this, this little knob, I'm crouched down, I peek over it, trying to figure out how I'm going to get closer to these bulls. And I look to my left and the caribou start running up on top and then three grizzlies come up over the hill. And there's really nothing between me and them other than the hill slopes down, there's another slight little hill, and then it slopes right to where I'm at. And they're about, I ranged it later, 170 yards away. They come over the hill, kind of a jog. They stop, and they, they are looking at me for like a second. And what it is, it's a, it's a sow and a couple adult cubs that were, I don't know what they were, a few years old, maybe. They're pretty big cubs. Um, anyways, they all stop and look at me for a second, and then they start running straight at me. You know, look right at me. And it wasn't a, I mean, bears can run really fast when they want to. It wasn't like a, an all-out sprint charge, but it was a pretty fast run. I mean, it was a lot faster than I was going to run away. And even with adrenaline? Yeah, so I'm. So what you're saying is you would have survived for five minutes where David and Isaac would have been dead in like no, yeah. because I packed my gun everywhere I went. I'm like, Bill, he was always leaving his gun behind. My gun was actually, at, my pistol was actually at camp that day because I figured you guys had guns. <laughs> I wasn't even going to carry one. Um, but it's funny how your, your mind under stress, like it's like time stood still for a minute there. And I'm thinking like, I don't really want to abandon this stock. There's big bulls in front of me. And, it, and then my head's also saying like, Hey, idiot! You're this is like serious danger here. You need to, you need to get the hell out of here. Danger, I, danger. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what I did is I stood up and I walked backwards. I thought, mate, I don't know that I want to run from a bears, <laughs> but I want to get back to those guys with the guns a couple hundred yards behind me. And uh, and when the bears dropped in this little, uh, little ditch between this other little knob, um, just for a second, out of sight, I turned and ran back towards the guys with the guns and and then i'm pointing um i'm pointing like i don't know why i was even caring about shooting the caribou yet but i was like pointing like frank shoot i was hoping they were kind of watching me and seeing me run back and i think isaac said later he's like the hell's bill running for he's gonna like scare the caribou <laughs> i thought i thought <laughs> yeah. you guys i thought you guys saw what was going on Way but i don't think you did yet swivel, isaac <laughs> why is bill running <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So you guys didn't see the bears yet, I think, at that point. I'm running back. No. And Frank shoots. And then I look back um, and the, as the bears come over that second little, little hill. And they're still running, you know, they're running wide open at me at that point because I'm running. Frank shoots. It doesn't even, they don't even hesitate. They just keep running. And um, I'm yelling to you guys, bears, bears. And then... Um, and nobody's looking my way. They're looking, you know, looking I, at the. I got to pause just for a sec. Have you guys seen um, uh, with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd? Um, <laughs> Are you talking about when he shoots the bear in the ass with yeah, the? Yeah, right. and he's <laughs> like big bear. He's like big bear chase. <laughs> yeah. big bear. Remember that? He's big yeah. bear chase me. Was that Bill? And they're like, he's, he needs a beer. He was a little, we, little we shaking. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac's like Frank, grab Bill a beer. No bear, you dumb fuck. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Made me think of that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm looking at these guys, and uh, you know Frank's on the rifle. Yeah, looking at the the bull he just shot. I think um, it was, and he dropped it. And I think um, David's still filming, and I'm yelling at and Isaac. I'm not sure. I mean, he was right in there, and I'm yelling bears, bears. And then I see Dave look over. I think he drops the camera and yells, "Isaac, get the guns!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I was close enough to you guys. You guys all stood, kind of stood up. Frank had the rifle. The bears saw that it was, you know, four guys there, and then they kind of just stopped. And I think that's where the film picked up. I mean, that's where the film first saw those bears. So at that point, they 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 stopped there. They kind of looked at us for a few minutes, and then they went to, you know, kind of run off. Um, unfortunately, they ran right by. The caribou Frank G shot and devoured it. Um, we had a lot of, I had a lot of comments when I kind of posted film clips, people saying, yeah, they heard the gun and ran over there. Um, you know, actually, I think they were just following the caribou and saw me and just, I'm not sure why they decided to run at me, you know, um, versus caribou. I guess they looked, they probably thought I was slower. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, 
they didn't come from to hear the gun, but they didn't care about the gun, I would say, at all. Um, and, you know, when they ran over to the caribou, we were thinking, I mean, we did, we did shoot a couple times trying to kind of scare them off, right? Um, a couple of pistol shots. They, yeah, they didn't care. Um, and I, we talked about trying to go over there and, like, scare them off, but I think it would have been pointless and probably dangerous to try and do that. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they might run off for a sec, but the mom might come back by herself. Take care of business. <clears throat> yeah, so <clears throat> I I should comment maybe on the that's not, that's not how I, that's that's how I I don't remember it that way. I remember it the way the we did it, but okay. I mean, it's a story, Bill. <laughs> I remember it my way. Well, yeah, you should see everybody watch that reenactment <laughs> at the end of the film, and that's what Isaac really looked like, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, Pistolero, pull yeah. him out, rolling, <laughs> stunt roll, shooting. It's my guitar. <laughs> yes, guitar. Yeah, we we can't say Isaac's out of shape because that was a perfect barrel roll. Yeah, that was it was beautiful, Thanks. Isaac. Nice work. Was that a one take deal or? It was a one take deal, actually. That's pretty good, Isaac. Yep they were they they weren't they weren't expecting me to do the barrel roll. I mean, it kind of shocked Frank and David that I was able to do that roll. But well, I mean, hey, I do work at Black Rifle Coffee with you know like special forces and field guys, so. Technically, I should be able to know that stuff, right? Because I work with them. You, since yeah. you work, do those guys like commando crawl and shit in the morning, like on the way in, or do you like walk in normally? Oh, oh no, they, I walk in normally, but you know, they got that gym back there, and sometimes you know they're back there doing their training. I don't know what kind of training, but they're doing training. So you don't join. You don't, I, you I, don't I, partake. I think, you know, no. Oh, I just look like I partake. Come on, you already heard the story. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What what was uh what was their feedback from the film? Has anybody watched it over there? Yeah, they liked it. Although they liked it, uh, I mean, they thought it was great. A lot of people, they, quite a few people, already asked. I mean, you know, more information on the hunt. You know, let's get together. Especially like Michael Shea over there at Free Range American. I mean, he's like, well, we got to do this hunt. We got to get with Kafaro and we got to do a hunt. You know, do another one of these because just the you know the film, everything about it was just so. I mean, unique and you know, God, fucking awesome. I mean, that's all you could say. It was just a great hunt, and the film kind of told a good story about it. You guys did a good job on the film, telling the story. That was all so, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was all you. I didn't well, do I'm just letting anyone know in the future. I'm telling anyone listening in the future. Okay, if you go hunting with Bill, and Bill comes up missing, just know it's his own fault because Bill will disappear to go hunt for twelve hours <laughs> and not. Check in once with you, okay? <laughs> so you don't know where he is. So a grizzly bear could have got him, and you don't know his location or anything. Out of what? How many days did you hunt after Bill? We we shot. I mean, we tagged out. I think I hunted nine uh, I mean, nine days of, total. So out of those six nine more? days, Bill checked in once with us. Said everything's okay. That's all we got from Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isaac was kind of like my mother up there saying, "Bill, you need to check in with us every day." Like well, Isaac, you know, and after making sure you, you had make sure you had warm gloves as well. Hey, he he gave me some gloves, gave me some socks. Um, let me use his aluminum favorite aluminum mug once in a while for coffee. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned a few thing, interesting one thing, things. One thing, um, <laughs> one thing I I got one thing little known fact about Isaac. He's kind of like an idiot savant with music. It seems that. He could. Uh, <laughs> he was doing. I. Um. He was doing like name that tune where he'd play some '80s rock for me, and I'd name it, and then he'd play some some of Frank's music, I, <laughs> which I I didn't. I'd never heard any of that before, and didn't know any of the artists. And then he's even harassing the driver that was listening to country music, and he knew all those songs too. Um, he is well versed. Yes. Well, if he, I mean, he's got a lot of extra. You know, is that, I mean, are you listening to a lot of music while you're in the gym? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, Lord. So I should, I should say, um, like, what were the successful stocks that, I mean, I didn't take the shot, but like, what, do, what did work? Um, day five, I actually could have shot a bunch of bulls. They just weren't that big. Um, and all those, there was just a lot of caribou on the move that day. That's the day you guys went over and retrieved your, your mm -hmm. rack, your caribou rack, after the bears had chewed on it for a couple of days. Yeah. 
and and there was just a lot of caribou on the move that day. Um, they just weren't any. There just weren't any real, really big bulls I got near. But basically, um, I'd see a herd coming. I'd get on some terrain that had some, you know, good hills. Um, you know, I had some terrain that I could more or less hide behind and move back and forth to get in front of them to ambush them. Um, that worked pretty good. The, you know, I had a number of shots on what I would say, like, you know, small to medium sized bulls. Um, it was just, it was day five and I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be done hunting yet when I was still seeing, you know, some of these <clears throat> giants around. But um, I had several shots that day. And then the other one was when Isaac shot his bull and I went on a stock. Oh, and I should say that that day, the closest I ever got to a bull was, was 40 yards. Um, and those weren't too far from camp. Um, I had, you know, I don't know, it was maybe like a three-year-old bull or something at 40 yards. Another one at 50. Um, I took some video of those bulls um, to where I had pretty decent shots at them. I just wasn't ready to shoot that size bull yet. So, Was that bull bigger or smaller than Frank's? <laughs> <laughs> I can say mine was as big as I want because all the tips got eaten off. It, uh, they are deceiving at, at, at times, um, which you know, I'll go over that in a minute, I guess. If you can. <clears throat> no, I agree that... When we saw Frank's um, from a distance, and even in the film, I, I was saying it looks film, really it looks big, really big, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And what what I found can happen up there, and I, and Donnie and Vincent kind of told me this prior to, is that when there's a lone bull or even just a couple of bulls, one can look giant, but you don't know scale. So sometimes they got everything you want: the tops, the fronts, the shovel, and they're just kind of like three quarters as big as you think they are, or you know, eighty percent or something like that. Um, I mean, Frank's was a great bull. It just wasn't quite as big as what we thought it was, right? I mean, it was a good bull, though. It was fucking huge, dude. It was at least a 400-incher. I mean, I thought it was a new world record, and it was just like a giant. <laughs> it's hard to tell. I, um, actually, I'm not going to mention names, but as an example with what you're talking about, one of uh, Clay's guides uh, shot the caribou of the year. I think it was 418. Um, large group. Next caribou he shot was the smallest caribou of the year. So I don't know if he's working on average, but that one was alone. <laughs> and so he just couldn't tell, you know, newer guide or whatever. Right. Uh, it's just hard to tell. I mean, Donnie's right. I mean, unless, well, it's no, I mean, elk and mule deer, all of them can be the same. You know, a mountain goat with a big body can make its rack look smaller. We got a smaller body, make the rack look bigger. When they're alone, they're hard. And it's not something you see every day for us. No, I think a good, a good example of that is, is this one stock I had where I was about, I was four miles east in the mountains over there and it dropped off into this, you know, next valley over. Um, so it, was, it would have been a long ways away to go after these caribou, but there was a group of 30 or 40 that were coming up over the top and onto our side. And there was, I want to say there was 30 or so caribou. There was, um, it's like there was a lead cow and a trailing cow. These are like old, smart caribou. And there was about nine bulls in there. Or, no, it's probably more than that. It was probably like 12, 15. But there was about six that if you saw those six by themselves, you would have thought, man, these are all great bulls. These are all like giant bulls I want to kill. And then there was three at the back that were literally 50% bigger than them. Mm -hmm. They were, I mean, just huge bodies, all silver, silver gray coats, silver gray antlers. Um, the antlers were, you know, 30, at least 30% bigger than, than these other ones that I thought were really big bulls. And it was, um, you know, really kind of every day, I'd, I think I saw the biggest caribou up there, and then the next day I'd see something bigger. Yeah. And, but these are examples that, man, I didn't know caribou, I didn't know you could have that kind of difference. Because those other six were definitely, I mean, adult mature caribou bulls. Um, but these three were, yeah, so much bigger, and antlers were so much more massive um, and everything. And I dogged those caribou for hours, and they were just so smart. They had, they had a trailing cow 50 yards behind the big bulls with her head on a swivel. Mm. And I just, I mean, because what I was trying to do is when they'd go over a little terrain, go over a little hill, I was trying to like quickly get up there and get within range, and that cow kept me from doing it. Um, <laughs> And I mean, I, I gained a lot of respect for caribou, especially older ones that, 
they are harder to kill than I, they are way harder to kill than I thought they were. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to say you can't do it. I feel like I feel like I would have still gotten it done because um, I was getting within you know what I consider effective bow range for me a lot. Um, you know, I didn't really want to kill something the last five days, but the last three or four, I wanted to kill something really damn bad, mm-hmm. and I was. I was going on stocks all day long and working my ass off to try and do it. And I was getting, I got a lot of stocks where I was getting in that kind of 80 yard range, which, I mean, I, I shoot a lot long range. I, you know, I shot tack multiple times this summer. You know, I shot one tack event where all my shots between 75 and 120 were 10 rings. I mean, I, I was shooting micros. I mean, I feel like I was dialed in for long range as well as I've ever been. And I was really confident in it. But I couldn't take those shots because of the wind mm-hmm. and the rain. Um, so I really needed a 40-yard shot on those days. And it's, it's super hard in that terrain to get to 40. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, it, was a, it was an amazing hunt. I feel like, you know, I had multiple stocks every day for nine days. I got so much more experience. And really, I really that's what I wanted more than anything. I, you know, I wasn't like, I want to go up there just this one time and get a caribou and be done. I want to go every year. Yeah. And I want to learn as much as I can about caribou to be effective going forward. And, you know, that's really how I got to be good at, um, at elk hunting is by screwing up so many times in the early years, you know, getting on a lot of close encounters with elk and doing something wrong and learning, you know, painful learning, learn the hard way, you know, through hard knocks and whatever, learn about elk elk habitat how you can mess it up um and you know for the last several years now i've been very successful elk hunting um colorado montana wyoming now too and i feel like that's the experience i wanted to get with caribou is a lot of close encounters a lot of stocks learn about how they act and and you know i I definitely got that yeah yeah i think that's a good point to bring up is um it, it definitely takes repetitions just like anything else to get pretty good at something. And I think, uh, that's something that a lot of people find out when they just start getting into hunting as an adult, not as easy as, it, as some people make it look like, you know, like Aaron or somebody, just, it, it takes practice and whether it be from the long, the shooting portion that goes in or just purely the hunting and the stocks that you get to go on. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty cool that you're able to get on so many stocks, and gain that experience and, for your future trips, it'll just make it that much easier. Yeah, I mean, one other, um, you know, one other miss I had is that um, this, this caribou bull, I was actually sitting on a rock pile eating lunch, and this bull just came over the hill, um, and it just had big, heavy beams, and it was, I don't know, day six or seven. I was going to kill him if I had the chance. And he came, he came, he was coming straight at me, and then noticed something was kind of goofy looking. At about 60 yards, he just circled around me, and I'd ranged him and I drew when he kind of wasn't looking at me. And uh, he, he just hesitated for a second and looked at me to where he stopped. And I shot and then he already, was already walking, you know, so the arrow missed him, missed him clean. Mm-hmm. Then he, he circled to where, um, you know, he was, he was 180 degrees around me then and about to turn to keep heading up. And he turned back towards me just for a second, stopped, and I was already drawn back. Again, I knew the distance. He's staring right at me. Was a frontal, and I took that shot thinking, "Here we don't move, do they?" I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, but man, he he did some kind of matrix. You know, he he acted like a, what you might expect a, a deer to do, where he uh, he, he ducked it. Um, he he loaded his legs, ducked and turned, and it went right over his back. So, um, you know, normally I wouldn't take a shot with a deer looking at me, um, just for that reason, and. I didn't give that caribou, you know, kind of that respect that he would could move that fast, but surprisingly they can. Um, you know, so that's something I learned too is that I would probably, I mean, a younger bull maybe wouldn't have, but uh, a big old bull, um, probably just the noise of the shot or the movement or something like that. Um, I was surprised how quickly he kind of ducked and got the hell out of there. Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot that hope to use in the future to be more successful in caribou hunting. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if uh, like the, the ultimate predator decoys or the heads up decoys or the Montana decoys, if someone has, I don't know if anybody has a caribou out there, um, but I wonder how well 
something like that might work out there. You know, last year I thought it would have worked great because after getting my caribou on day one, I just kind of was walking around exploring the next couple of days, but I was carrying my bow and I was had my bow up on my head and walked up on a couple of bulls um, or they, they, they kind of saw me and came in close to me and they were younger bulls. Um, but I felt like, man, if I had a decoy, I could have shot one of these, they would have come in and I could have shot them. Um, I think it can definitely work on younger bulls, maybe medium, you know, a couple year old, few year old. And I don't know about these older wise bulls, but I think it'd be worth a try. I think it'd be fun to try. I couldn't find anybody that made one though. I think I remember Dave picked up his head at one point when we had bulls by camp and he like went with you. But Isaac and I were watching and we're like, Dave's just fucking showing off his big bull, you know? (laughs) Well, Isaac did that too once. He picked up a a shed and um, and started walking over to me because he saw this little bull that I was kind of facing off this little bull. um, And and Isaac put the one shed up to his head and walked over to (laughs) me. And this little bull, I think it did get a little closer, but yeah, it was like a, I don't know, year and a half old bull or something like that. Um, when, when Dave came over carrying his whole rack on his head, that caribou was looking at him and then it kind of, kind of just scooted off. But that wasn't an old bull either. It was, yeah. you know, two and a half, three and a half maybe. I guess that's something that'll require some more tests. I think we might have lost Isaac. Um, but, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to say. Isaac wanted me to bring up the, on the last podcast. We didn't, this has nothing to do with the hunt, but you know, we spent so much time out there together, like 10 days and we were in the hotel room together and I finally got home and, uh, you know, I went to bed my girlfriend was over and, um, we're sleeping and she like goes to snuggle up on me and I wait, I'm like half asleep and I wake up and I push her like by the face kind of, I say, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Get the hell off of me. I thought it was Isaac. <laughs> and uh, she texted Isaac and she was like, what the heck were you guys doing in Alaska? <laughs> were you guys snuggling up? Frank just pushed me off of him, said he thought I was you. So anyway, I told Isaac I'd bring that up even though he's, he dropped the call or whatever, but um, cool, man. Well, uh, I guess um, Aaron's got another podcast here in the next eight minutes, so we should probably wrap things up, but was there anything else you wanted to to leave off with no not really i mean it was a it was a cool hunt um hopefully you know people can learn a bit from from my mistakes um mm-hmm. i wouldn't really say they were mistakes but just kind of learning experiences of you know what what did work what didn't work um and um yeah it's an amazing hunt though i want to keep going back do it again yeah yeah it was awesome man well thanks for coordinating the trip and inviting us along that was a great time and an awesome experience and hopefully one of these days we'll be able to go back yeah, it was, do it, all again. it was a fun hunt with you guys along. I mean, <clears throat> I, Isaac's a riot. And, yeah, he could uh, just, be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, just, and he's got zero filter, so <laughs> yeah. you know, anything that popped into his head, he would say it. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, that's a cool one to do with a group of guys um, as well. You can still all go off on your own and do your own stocks, which is kind of what I was doing each day, but mm-hmm. it's fun to share base camp with some other guys, especially up there when... Um, you know, weather and stuff can, it can be pretty life-threatening. So it's good to have a few guys with you for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll wrap this one up. And um, if you want to check out Iron Will Outfitters, is that what the, the website is? Iron, ironwilloutfitters.com? Yep. Ironwilloutfitters.com. Ironwilloutfitters on uh, Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that too. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. 